everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode has all the trigger warnings possible. All of them. Yeah. If you are bothered by literally anything, this might not be the episode for you. But please still download it so we get the numbers. It's an interesting case, but it's got some heavy material. That we will be dancing around. We'll talk about a little bit of it and others we will leave out. And if you watch the episode, you'll know why. Yeah. So this episode is called Horror at the Lake, but I thought Lester was saying something else. You're not the only one because Oliver from the other room goes, who's being a blank at the lake? (laughs) Because I was listening to it three and four times in a row saying, surely he is saying horror. But he goes horror. The first syllable was so long and then such a long pause for the next syllable. It's so slight. So I'm curious how many times he did it. (laughs) Exactly. And did no one else think that he should have emphasized a little bit more? We love you, Lester. You're a professional. We love it. But it was very funny to hear Oliver call from the next room. And then my response was, just Dennis. (laughs) Dennis. He is a sassy minx. He is a sassy Florida man. So this episode aired on November 5th, 2021, season 30, episode seven, hosted by Where Have You Gone? Where Have You Been? Mr. Dennis Murphy. Dennis is enough. He's great. A couple of his outfits in this we will be discussing. And are also great. It's a new season, new shirts. Yeah. He went very cash because he's in Florida and he's a Florida man himself. Our listeners had some thoughts. I hate to disagree with the listeners, but I'm a very much a Dennis person. So I will be defending voraciously. That's fine. I look forward to a hearty debate. So we are in Northwest Florida at a lake. Lakes haven't been historically good places on Dateline recently. And Florida has never really been a good place ever on Dateline or for anyone living there. Just for crime. Yeah. The lake looks beautiful and I wanted to live there for about the first part of this episode until my views on lakes declined rapidly when we saw some underwater shots. And I realized really what's going on below the surface is not pleasant. So Dennis says it was like living in an Autobahn drawing from the 19th century. And then he turned into David Attenborough for a minute, and he's talking about the sandhill cranes and the raccoons. And he asked an interviewee about the alligators, and she says, our lake is pretty shallow. You don't get those big guys. And he says, oh, just those little four or five foot alligators. And she laughs. Dennis is delightful, making everyone laugh. It was delightful. The Stonehill cranes, though, you know how loud cranes are? How in the world would I know that? I have no idea. They're just so loud. And I even Googled it just to make sure that I was not wrong about cranes being so loud. They're like geese. They're just very loud. And it says, sandhill cranes give a loud rattling bugle call, each lasting a couple of seconds and often strung together. They can be heard up to 2.5 miles. They also give moans, hisses, goose-like honks, and snoring sounds. Florida, delightful. Where were you where there were cranes? I don't know. It must have been on a show. I don't go anywhere outside. Interesting. In 2019, a single mom who was a school teacher, Denise Hallowell, and her son Carlos went to a funeral unrelated to the state line, an extraneous funeral 
We never get that unrelated funeral on Dateline. On the way home, they stop for pie. And because this is a two-hour episode, we get to find out what kind of pie they got. They don't put that stuff in a one-hour episode. He got apple. She got chocolate cream. I appreciated it because I think we would have guessed. So now we don't have to. And I think we would have guessed wrong because I probably would have guessed someone had lemon meringue. Also, is this a crossover between A Date with Dateline and our other podcast, A Date with the Bake? And Twin Peaks. Shameless plug. And Twin Peaks. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Should we do a Twin Peaks podcast where we just try to understand what's happening and fail? Oh, I think people would absolutely hate that. Zero stars all the way around. People have strong feelings about Twin Peaks. I love Twin Peaks. Do I know what is happening most of the time? No. Right. It's that part. It's like if we tried to do a podcast on Star Trek. No, well, we're that's just offensive. We would end up on Dateline is yeah. what would happen. And rightfully so. Stay in your lane, gals. So 17-year-old Carlos called 911. He found his mom, Denise. She's in bed, bleeding. Get ready. Nope, I'm not. Never seen this before on Dateline. Nope. She had an axe to the back of her head. Wow. Now, I want to say there was one episode with an axe, the one that had to do with that house that they were fighting over, the husband and wife that were fighting, and there was a lot of body cam footage and like secret recordings in that episode. And I feel like he was killed in a shed. But the axe wasn't involved, right? Wasn't there like an axe around or he was hit with the other part of the axe? It was definitely not an axe to the head. Also, was it Alex Murdoch? Sorry, I'm making terrible jokes because it is so terrible and I can't comprehend what is happening. Also, she is still somehow alive briefly, which makes it so much worse. But she doesn't survive because there's an actual axe in her head and it's just horrible. It's awful. And we find out how far in it is and I'm not going to go into it. So there is an axe murder on the loose and... Everyone in this town is shooketh and there's a manhunt ordered. We go learn about Denise. Denise was a teacher. She had two brief marriages. One of them, they said their vows as they were skydiving, which I thought was brave. Terrifying. Yeah, but good for them. I mean, that's cool. No, but yeah, yeah, that's, you're a brave person. Dennis is relishing in the stories about Denise growing up on the lake with her friends. And he says, it sounds like Tom Sawyer. Ding, ding. We haven't had a Mark Twain reference in so long, at least a year. I was so happy. That square on our bingo cards has just been blank, just unmarked for a very long time. Mark it off. You know what's weird is I kind of saw it coming. Did you? Because they're talking about the, quote, hobo swing. And I was like, hobo swing? This is something that Huckleberry Finn would do. Sure is. There you go. That's why you and Dennis are soulmates. Correct. Denise was adopted. And so she wanted to adopt a child of her own. She went to Guatemala and she adopted four-year-old Carlos. Carlos was athletic, popular. He skipped a grade in school. He was really smart. He was a golden child, basically a non-bag of wieners teenager. Mm -hmm. So the sheriff is looking into the axe murder. He thinks maybe it was a robbery gone wrong. The axe was from a shed at the house. So this axe murderer did not bring their own axe. They took an axe from the scene. The detective sits down with Carlos. He and his mom were both taking naps after the pie because pie fills you up and makes you sleepy. And 
he woke up because he heard dogs barking. So he went to check and the front door was open. The dogs are loose. He goes to wake his mom up so she can help him and he finds her. He says she doesn't have any enemies and he's explaining this all to them quite calmly, I have to say. He's very calm compared to his 911 call, which was not calm. He's incredibly well-spoken. He's very clear. But I found it very suspicious that an 18-year-old is taking a nap at 2.30 in the afternoon. And he says, quote, and that's what we normally did. What? Yeah. Who? No, you don't. Yeah. 17. Yeah, it was a little strange. But you do have to get up really early when you're a teenager for school. He wasn't going to school. More on that later. Child Protective Services take (laughs) 17-year-old Carlos to Kayla's house. Kayla is his girlfriend at the time. More on her later. She's my favorite. She's adorable. They're hoping that Kayla's parents will let him stay there for a while. And they say no because they didn't want their daughter under the same roof with her teenage boyfriend. That's not why. Yeah, that's what they tell us. And I was thinking there has to be more of that story because that his mom was just murdered. You won't let him stay there? Not even for like a week? Okay. There's more to that story. (laughs) So they ask Denise's best friend, Amy, who is also her next door neighbor at the lake, if she'll take care of him until he's 18 because he's 17 right now. And she says, yes, she takes him in. When's his birthday? I'm guessing he just turned 17. Possibly. So the detective is going to peel back the onions on Denise's life because Dennis loves to talk like a gumshoe. And he is hoping they will reach the pissed off an axe murder layer of the onion, I guess. Carlos tells the police that, surprise, this was an OMG moment, there was another brother. Denise had another son, Angel, that she adopted from Honduras. She really wanted Carlos to have a brother. The problem was Angel was very troubled and Carlos and Angel weren't getting along. Angel was acting up a lot. Eventually, this we're not going to go into this at all because trigger warning goes into child abuse. We're not going to go into detail. But Denise was charged with child abuse. Arrested and charged. Arrested and charged. She has to resign from her job. It's a huge ordeal. Based on things the youngest boy is saying. Correct. And so if you want to know the details of what he says, definitely go and watch the episode. But it is a lot of threads going off into different directions on this. Yeah. Like we said, we're not going into detail. We will go into detail, however, on the local reporter who wrote about the case. His name is, wait for it. No. Buster Thompson. Our second Buster in a row. Another grown man named Buster on Dateline in a row. Is that on purpose? They don't do things like that. Hey, brother. Don't give him juice. He actually kind of looks like Buster Bluth with a beard. I feel like a fool. Why? How many people wrote us and said, I know a Buster. There's a Buster in my family. How many people? Because we were like guffawing at the name. Like no one surely is ever named Buster in real life. I do not think I said no one, but no one has said anything. No. we. That was the gist of what we said. I'm sure there are lots of Busters. Like we said, so I thought it was, seemed like a rich family's name because the Murdochs and the Bluths are two of the richest families I know. One is real. One was on TV, but they, they're in my heart. And 
I don't know if this Buster is wealthy or not, but he's a reporter and his name is Buster and I love it. It's a strange coincidence and I know you don't believe in coincidences, so I don't know what it means. I really don't. But it means something. It means something. Yeah. So this whole situation with the child abuse was four years before the murder. And what happened when she was arrested and had to give up her job, the kids were taken away. But a local defense attorney looks over the case and he doesn't believe Angel's stories. He digs into Angel's medical records. He had a lot of problems in school. He is starting to believe that Angel, this young child, was the cause of a lot of these problems. Very troubled child. But he was violent. Everyone said that he was the violent one. And he would attack Carlos and Denise, and they were all scared of him. His name is Angel. He had some demons. And eventually, Denise was cleared of everything. Denise gets Carlos back, and Carlos stood by his mom the whole time, said that the abuse wasn't true, and that Angel was trouble. She wants to get Angel back, but professionals say it's not in the child's best interest. I think it's in no one's best interest. And he goes into foster care, which I'm sure is also not in his best interest. But it's just a horrible situation all around. So she and Carlos are trying to rebuild together. She eventually gets a new teaching job working with autistic children. Good for her. Carlos and her are happily back together. He's 17 now. He's dating Kayla. Kayla, just the nicest girl seems like I would want her dating my daughter, son, whoever she wants to date. Kayla has cute little nerd glasses and she looks like the girl from American Horror Story to me. Oh. The one in that first season, Farmiga. Yes. You know who I'm talking about. She looks a lot like my niece. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah. Also, she's wearing gorgeous stacked jewelry, Kayla. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. Which is very chic. And great whether you're young or on the older side. It's a classy look. I know a great place to get some stacked jewelry, Katie. Yes. It's called Ana Luisa. You may have heard of them. There's a few things we love about Ana Luisa jewelry. They produce limited batches, so there's less waste. And also each piece is truly special because you're getting a piece that's not like mass produced. They offset 100% of their carbon emissions and they offer 365 day warranty. Anna Luisa is sustainable, affordable with the biggest sale of the year happening right now, guys. They make timeless quality pieces. I wanted to get some jewelry for the holidays for my aunt because you know my aunt, she's very chic very fashionable, but also classic. She doesn't like things that are like uber trendy. I got her the Celeste earrings. One is a star, one is a moon. They're gorgeous. Yes, I love those. Yeah, Yeah. they're so pretty. And then for my brother's girlfriend, who's very tiny and only wears like little delicate pieces, I got her some necklaces that she can stack. Stack on stacks, stacks on stacks, on stacks on stacks. She can stack at work. Stacks on stacks on neck. She can stack at work. She can stack at dinner with my brother. There you go. I'm so excited to have this part of my holiday shopping done. I know they're going to love these pieces. They are quality, but I can actually afford them again because they're having their biggest sale of the year right now. And we feel good about the company, Katie and I, because they are nice to Mother Earth and we love Mother Earth. Yes. And we love Anna Luisa. Their pieces start at $39 and they're currently running the biggest sale of the year off their already fair prices. Get 20% off by going to shop.analuisa, A-N-A, 
L-U-I-S-A dot com slash date dateline. And they release new collections every Friday. So keep coming back for new stuff. Go to shop.analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash date dateline to get 20% off. Woo. Thank you, Anna Luisa. Get your holiday shopping now. Yeah. For pretty timeless pieces. Yes. Gorgeous. When I get shopping and when I'm talking about murder, I get super hungry. And I wish I had a snack right now. Any ideas? Like monk pack? I mean, something that won't make my sugar crash, but is also delicious. Am I asking too much? No, it's the ultimate snack. Monk pack, keto nut, and seed bars are amazing. Most healthy snack bars or healthy snack treats, let's be honest, they don't taste right. There's nothing wrong with monk pack. Everything's right. They taste too healthy. Monk Pack doesn't taste healthy, even though they are healthy. Correct. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars only contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, only 150 calories, but they taste like a delicious, very not good for you granola bar. They're great for anybody that's following a keto lifestyle. They're the perfect snack for anybody who's trying to just eat better, like myself, or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty. They get a crunch from the whole nuts and seeds, but they still manage to be really soft and chewy. And they come in delicious flavors like sea salt dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate, macadamia white chocolate, which is my personal favorite, or my very close second favorite, the pumpkin seed cinnamon almond. Mm. Or you can try six flavors at once. That's right. I'm here again pushing the variety pack. And you can have the variety pack delivered. Always have a monk pack bar on hand. Great life motto. Get it tattooed across your neck. Always have healthy snack on standby. Ask me how, and then you can tell people about Monk Pack Bars. It's great. (laughs) So they're perfect for a quick snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without worrying about your sugar intake, but they also don't leave you with that nasty aftertaste that some low-sugar snacks leave in your mouth after you're done, like that weird tinny taste. Can't stand that. You can enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars as a quick breakfast, running errands, or just sitting in front of your computer watching Dateline or editing a podcast. In addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO, with no soy, trans fat, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. They're just healthy and delicious. We are obsessed with these bars. We definitely eat more than we should. But to make sure I'm always stocked up, I signed up for a subscription, me and Joni, to my favorite flavors, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them to me automatically. Getting these delicious treats delivered to me on a regular basis has been a complete game changer in my effort to eat healthier. Try Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars for yourself and you'll see. We have a special deal for our listeners. You can get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering code DATEDATELINE at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to monkpack.com, that's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com, and select any product. Then enter the code DATEDATELINE at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Also, variety is the spice of life. Check out the variety pack. <laughs> Monk pack, keto, nut and seed. Dude, 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 dude.
Thank you, Monk Pack. Thank you. You're Monk Pack-tastic. Oh, why, thank you. Oh, you weren't talking to me. So detectives think that Angel could have returned, but not like exciting when Angel came back on Buffy. This would be like a scarier, a child turned into a teenage axe murderer could have returned to seek revenge on his adopted mother. So they think this fallen angel has turned into a devil, come back to take revenge. Can I fit in any more angel jokes? No, I cannot. I've done them all. What about Hark the Herald Angel? (laughs) That would be not my wheelhouse per se, but I heard that that angel sang. Something about glow, whoa, 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 whoa. In Excelsis Deo. I don't know. Keep going. So I only know those songs from Sister Act 1 and 2. So could it have been Angel? We get this buildup. Was it Angel? Very quickly, we realized it was not Angel because Angel was shockingly, or perhaps so not shockingly, because of the issues he had. He is in prison at 15. He was in prison the night of the murder. He had committed an armed robbery. Angel. Just a sad, sad situation all around. Did we talk about her Fox 13 interview? No. That Denise gives? No. Did you think that was a smart move? I do, because she had been cleared for the child abuse, but her lawyer said, society still thinks you're guilty. Like, they only know you as this teacher on the front page of the news. So you got to counter it with some good press. Especially if you're not planning on moving. Yeah. I would say, yeah. And you want another teaching job. Well, I mean, she got another teaching job. I'm sure that interview helped. So Dennis says a quick and easy theory about Angel just went into the shredder. Which, why are you going to shred all your old theories that don't, shouldn't you keep them in like a binder or something? But anyways, I love Dennis. So they keep looking into Denise's life. Denise was fairly private, but could she have been in trouble and people didn't know about it? Was she involved in some sort of illegal gambling ring with all the teachers at school? Was she stealing all those motivational posters that say things like discover and challenge? with pictures of like a mountain, maybe. I don't think those are worth a lot of money. They didn't say she was kind of private though. They said she was super private and her three friends are the ones that said it because obviously she was well-liked because we got three friends to come on Dateline, by the way. Mm -hmm. They said she was really hard to read and would not talk about anything. But it also, this is why you should talk about your feelings. Yeah. Because if something was to happen, not that I'm talking to you, but if something was to happen, I wouldn't know. Why are you looking at me like so pointedly? Shadows round the back door. I wouldn't know. Shadows round the back door? What if you had a shadow? You kept seeing shadows around the back door and you I didn't know about it because you were like, no, it's not a big deal. You don't think I would use it as fodder for the podcast if I were seeing shadows outside my back door? Yeah. I would be like, I'm going to be murdered. You guys all need to bear witness. I feel like you would have so many wellness checks called to your house. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like you might not do it. (laughs) Nobody knows where I live. I would not do it. I mean, I have 45 ghosts in this house and I have not sounded the (laughs) alarm because I don't want exorcists showing up. You're a lot braver than I am. Do you still have the ghosts? I thought you got rid of the ghosts. The priest. Well, something happened today. The back Mm. door locked on its own. Oliver's like, why did you lock me out? And I said, I 
haven't left this seat. I did not lock you out. And he's like, oh. And then we both just sat there. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> if I didn't do it, and a cat didn't do it. We have a Patreon who is a psychic who volunteered to help you if you were still having problems. She said she could do it over the phone. Here's the interesting thing. I'd rather not know. If something happens, though, we'll get you on the horn with her. She has a YouTube channel. She's very good. There haven't been any evil things that have happened. Nothing's trying to hurt me. But something is maybe loves me and is trying to keep Oliver out. So that's interest. That's an interesting development. (laughs) Oh, it's like a Casper situation, right? Isn't that what Casper was about? The ghost was in love with the human girl and then was jealous of any other real boys. It could be. I think that's what that movie was about. I didn't see it. So there have been some weird things going on at the property. We meet these neighbors and they had noticed that mysterious cars were driving by Denise's property in the middle of the night. Often. Strange cars. Very strange. Katie. Drugs. There we go. Katie's guessing drugs immediately. Immediately. They said strange cars started to come down the driveway. I'm like, oh, and he's in high school? Okay. Drugs. Got it. (laughs) One night, the garage was on fire and the cause was never determined and we never hear about it again. So Katie, again, hands. Katie's raising her hand. Drugs for 500, Alec. (laughs) I'll take (laughs) what is drugs. (laughs) That would be really nerve wracking to have. They make the cars seem like it's a big deal. But the way that I mean, the neighbors are very far apart from each other. It's remote. It's woodsy. It's all woods. You don't want to see strange cars ever. Not even once. Not even multiple times. So Carlos said that one night Denise thought someone was outside at night. Strangers on the back door or whatever Katie said. Backdoor shadows. Backdoor shadows. And then it gets... So much worse because we have something I don't even want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Something really bad happens to a cat. Something really bad happens to chickens, a cat, and a goat disappears. The way that the cat is described is unacceptable. And the lack of emotion was also unacceptable. And I like Amy. It's Amy, the best friend who's the neighbor also, she says it so casually because she's probably told it to a lot of people and maybe she's made peace with the situation, but or maybe she's just traumatized forever and that's why she has no emotion in her voice and she's saying it, but it's horrific and it actually like made me go, the horror, the horror. Like it was so horrible. I cannot. And that's why this is called the horror at the lake. It was bad enough what happened to poor Denise. And now we have these animals, especially the cat. I would be very concerned because that's not nature, right? Chickens, you're like, okay, a coyote got in, like an alligator, like something happened there that got in the chicken coop and there we go. Right, right. Unless something specifically bad happened to the chickens that we don't know about, in which case I'd rather not know. Okay. But this thing that happened to the cat is very clearly a human. So I would just be much, I would maybe like file something with the police or something. Like somebody's doing something here, you know? See? Upset. Ginger dog, very upset because she's worried she's next. Ginger, it's fine. It's fine. Ginger, you'll be fine. She sees a shadow at the back door. What are you doing? Oh, she's at the front door. She's the shadow at the front door. It's not a shadow. It's the male person. So Denise has the neighbor set up a security camera system, but it was no longer working at the time of the murder. 
there's no damage to any of the locks, so they don't know how the person got in. Denise's phone is missing, and there are owner's manuals for more security cameras, and they look for those cameras inside the house, and they don't find them, but there are spots where there is no dust on the incredibly, shockingly, even for me, dusty, and my place is very dusty, surfaces. There are spots where something was removed and there are cords dangling where there were clearly security cameras. So the killer took Denise's phone and the security cameras from inside the house. It's Why is it so dusty, though? It was odd. I, more, I felt like it was one of those things where they were taking it in like the direct sunlight, which I'm always shocked when I see things in direct sunlight to see how much dust there is when I didn't know. So these might be places that they just don't touch a lot. One was in front of the Xbox. It's like surfaces. There's a remote there. I live in a dusty old house. I can't say anything because I touched my mantle the other day. I have a fireplace mantle and it was so dusty that I was shocked. But that's not something you would touch all the time. But an old game system that you don't play anymore. I guarantee you whatever game system he's currently playing with is definitely not an Xbox. And it's probably in his bedroom. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, that's a great point. So detectives think the killer took her phone and the cameras and threw them in the lake because that's the most quick place that you could hide them. So a dive team is going to search the lake and we see a bunch of burly Florida men in wetsuits diving. I briefly considered adding dive team to the bingo cards because this is the second time in this season that we have seen a dive team and we're only on episode seven. So this might be a season of dive teams. Yeah. Yeah, I think yes. So search parties were... A few years ago, and now we're at dive teams. Okay. We're the year of the dive team. Yeah. The lake covers thousands of acres. It's huge, but unbelievably, 20 yards from the house in waist deep water, they find three security cameras and Denise's cell phone, which is just amazing that it didn't go further. Yeah. And then we see the B roll of the camera going underneath the water. And Dennis says something about you can't even see a foot in front of your face. But then they said that once you get in there, you can actually see it's just that top layer of pond scum. (laughs) Yeah, the pond scum. And debris and filth. Why do I always think lakes are so fun? They are so nasty. Anyways, there's no, they are able to recover the images from the cameras and the phones, but there's nothing on them of use. So why did the killer throw out the phone and the cameras? Well, this is when we know who did it. This was the giveaway for you was it was someone that was, would be worried about what was on there. Because I thought surely not up until this point. And then this point happens and it's like, oh, really? It's that kind of a feeling. Yeah. So they, at this point, also realized that it wasn't a crazed killer coming from the woods who found the axe randomly and killed her. It was someone close to her. And the last person to see Denise alive was Carlos. And Dennis tells us he was a golden child with his welcoming smile and his yes, sir, yes, ma'am handshakes. Make a note. Next time we see Dennis, we should be calling him sir, because I think he likes that. I think I did. 
You I think might I did have multiple already. Times. I think yeah. I called him Mr. Murphy. I'm 90% <laughs> sure. I said, it's really nice to meet you, Mr. Murphy. That's cute. I tend to default to ridiculous politeness. You, you can thank do. my mom for that. Like extreme politeness. That's my default mode. She raised you with a terrifying respect for adults. Terrifying. Cannot. To your detriment, which makes you even nervous around my parents. I think it took me forever to call your parents by their first name. I think for a long time, I just avoided saying any name. <laughs> just a long time. Just don't say a name. Just, oh, thank you. <laughs> I still think when you do it, you hear, you like feel like you have to go to confession or something after. I don't know what that's called, that over politeness. It's not great. So back to Carlos. We learned that Carlos was concealing another personality all together. And we talked to the neighbor, Amy's daughter, who had grown up with Carlos. I loved her. Very pretty. She said his behavior was getting progressively worse. He was no longer the golden boy. He was partying. He got kicked out of the Christian school that he was attending. I had an issue with this. Did it sound like he got kicked out of a high school or a college? This was way before college. This was high school. See, but the things I read said he got kicked out of college. Well, they had been fighting about college, him going to college. So I thought he hadn't started college yet and because he was 17. Right. But I mean, a lot of people start college at 17. Yeah, that's true. So I'm wondering, was he at college? Was he like at a small Christian college? Oh, I do think at one point he said something like she had was paying for my college and I wasn't going. OK, so it was a Christian college. Yeah. So Denise told him that he can't sneak girls into the house after dark, which he apparently was doing. This point, I got very mad for my girl, Kayla. Where is Kayla? Are you cheating on Kayla with her cute, nerdy glasses and her stacked jewelry? Because I'm not having that. What a bag of wieners. Well, there's more than that. I don't know if Kayla's involved in this partying scene, but like from everything I saw, he was like an incredible partier. They don't really talk about it in this. This isn't like normal teenage weed. This is more than that. It's heavier than that. Yeah. So Denise and Carlos had started arguing about college. Apparently his grades had cratered, Dennis says, which I guess means they were very bad, all the way down to a crater. And the neighbor couple... And remember, these are remote properties in the woods. They could hear them fighting from their house. And it turns out Carlos has a lot more problems than we ever knew about. He had been drinking since he was 11. He was taking pills, all the pills he could find. He was selling drugs on the properties, which explains all the mysterious cars coming and going. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He has a host of problems, as Keith Morrison would say, a raft of corresponding demons and a constellation of issues. So he crashed the car that his mom bought for him, a pickup truck. He said it was a suicide attempt. He OD'd on a bunch of pills and he wound up hospitalized. And that's when he was diagnosed with bipolar and was put on medication. But nothing really was helping his behavior. And Denise was at her wits end. So she eventually threw him out of the house. And he started living with this married couple that he knew. It's not totally clear how he became friends with this married couple. But 
They were very nice to him. They thought he was a great guy who just had some issues. They loved having this teenage dirtbag around. I have a lot of questions about Damien and Stephanie. So Damien and Stephanie Irving are their names. We don't know how he knew them. They're friends, but we don't know how they met. They're like an older couple that have also appeared to have no children. Not older. They're like in their 30s. They're older than him. Yeah. They're too old to be... T- Just friends with a teenage boy. I don't know how they would meet. Do you know what I'm saying? Unless they met at like AA. Church, I think. I think church. Okay. That's okay. what I would guess. Or local community friends somehow. It's a strange living situation to have Carlos living with these people when his mom kicks him out. They felt like he was a great guy. They He did have some issues, but they loved having him around. They thought he was super chill. He didn't act up at their house at all. But by Kelsey's, was that her name? The Kayla, girl I love? Kayla. Kayla's. By Kayla's remembrance, they had very few rules and were super lax with him. So that's why he liked it so much at their house. What's interesting about Damien and Stephanie too, I don't know if you thought about this. They... Remember, so after his mom is killed, he go he bounces a little bit. They take him to Kayla's first and then they take him to Amy. Why didn't he just go back to these two people who he'd lived with clearly earlier at some point that year? Why didn't CPS take him to Damien and, and Stephanie? I don't know. That's interesting. That would be a child protective services. They had their choice, I guess. Or maybe they asked him, where did he want to stay? And Why doesn't he want to stay with them? Yeah, it's interesting. So before he said that he would move back home with Denise, he said, I have some demands. And we see the texts. Oh, my gosh. So he says, I want a notarized agreement from the bank with everything that you will say that you will do. I want a vehicle that you cannot take away from me unless I fail in college. I want a guarantee that you will pay for my apartment and distribute my college money for any college-related expenses. Out loud, I turned into Joni and I said, have you ever? (laughs) Have you ever? What would your parents have said if you made those demands of them? I would never (laughs) have done that. I don't understand that way of thinking because it's so incredibly entitled. Yeah. I'm sorry, why don't you get a job? Or just ask nicely. She probably would do it because she had given you everything that you had ever wanted anyways. don't You don't have to demand and get her to sign something in front of a notary. This is what you need in order to what? Because you're clearly getting an apartment. So this isn't the rules for you to move back in, which is kind of what Dateline tells us. But this is clearly some other rule. Like, I will be in your life if you do X, Y, and Z. It's like hostage demands. It's like, you don't get your son unless you do this. Also, so formally written too. distribute my college money for college related expenses. I think he had some help. No, he didn't have help because we're told about 45 times in this. The one adjectives that is used to describe Carlos over and over people. Probably it's probably said about six or seven times is that he's intelligent. That specific word, intelligent. He's so intelligent. The neighbor daughter also says that he's calculating. Yes, and intelligent. And so a lot of the people that we meet that talk about Carlos say that about him. So he's obviously very smart or intelligent. But the money demand seems like a spoiled brat move, to be honest. I don't know what the circumstances were, but that's weird. What would your parents say? 
they would have laughed in my face and said, no, you wouldn't have done it. I would never have done it. Right. My dad would be like, I demand that you move out. then." Right. In order for my time, in order for me to keep a relationship with you, I'm going to need your money for all of these things. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. So, but it works. Denise and Carlos make up and he moves back home and they are working things out. I guess demands work. I am going to demand, Katie, that you tell me where you got those gorgeous lashes. And I'd like a notary to confirm that you are telling the truth. A notary from the bank. Bruce? Oh, sorry. A cat won't do? No. Or do they have their notary license? It's, he's working on it. Well, then It's no. tricky. He's got fuzz for brains. Give him a break. I got my beautiful lashes at the one, the only, the Instagram sensation, Glamnetic. Let me tell you really quick about my makeup history. In high school, I was known as the Mascara Queen. No surprise there. No surprise. All there. my friends. And by Mascara Queen, it was clumpy, chumpy, <laughs> and dribbled on half my face. And I liked it. It was no surprise, though, that I started to experiment with a harder lash system when I got to college. That means working within my own lash boundaries or limitations was no longer enough. The volume and length was, quite frankly, highly disappointing. So I've tried probably... 90% of false lash brands out there on the market. And I was thrilled to come across Glamnetic. Glamnetic is leaving the worst part of lash extensions and false eyelashes behind, which is the stupid glue, making what's normally kind of a messy application process take a minute and super clean and easy. Glamnetic is the world's first six magnet lash. It's made for easy application and all day hold. All day, they're staying on your face. It's incredible. Glamnetic has sold over 500,000 pairs of lashes in 2020. I had to try them out for myself, and I am fabulous. My lashes are fabulous. The rest of me needs to catch up. It takes <laughs> under a minute to apply. There's no toxic glue, no struggle. You can get up to 60 uses per lash, so they're more eco-friendly and wallet-friendly, too. They have over 75 styles for your perfect fit, from natural to full glam. You can get a different lash for every mood, every occasion. They also have vegan and cruelty-free options available. Oh, amazing. You can sort and search on their site by length, hair type, lash shape, eye shape. I didn't know this. It's a whole new world to me. Well, it really is because you can do like that cat eye shape. You can do that with false eyelashes and Glamnetic helps you. They map it out for you and tell you which ones to get. It's amazing. Oh, they also have half lashes. So you don't even have to commit to a full lash. You can just do them on the outer corners and be super gamine like Bambi. It's incredible. The actual magnetic system comes with a magnetic liner, but the liner is actually the glue. It's such a cool system. So you're one and done. You're not doubling up on liner. Your liner is your glue. Go to Glamnetic.com, take their lash quiz, use the lash guide to help find the style that suits you best, and find out for yourself why Glamnetic lashes are Instagram's favorite beauty hack. Go to Glamnetic.com slash DateDateline and be sure to enter our promo code DateDateline for 30% off your order. The code is only available for our listeners. That's Glamnetic.com slash DateDateline. Enter in promo code DateDateline at checkout for 30% off. I promise, folks, these lashes literally apply themselves. For eyes that magnetize and mesmerize, try Glamnetics. Everyone else will feel a Glamnetic pull towards you. You'll be Glamnetic. I think you'll just be Glamnetic. Like in magnetic, you'll be Glamnetic. Yeah, I made it too. You're too intelligent. 
I think you are. I think that's what this whole thing is, is that you overthink it because you're too smart. You know too many words. You need to know less words. You need to- <laughs> That's really kind and not at all true. Just Eternal that. sunshine, half your vocabulary. You do this in a second. I'm dumber than you. That's why I can do it. That's how Thank this you. works. I think it's safe to say that everyone in this world, most of us, I think it's safe to say 70% of the people in this world could use some counseling from BetterHelp. If not the world, at least everyone on Dateline, especially in this episode, but really just every Dateline. Yeah, because we all have different needs. And the cool thing about BetterHelp is they offer a wide spectrum for all your different needs. Exactly. Maybe you're struggling with family issues. Maybe you just moved to a lake and you thought it would involve fun swinging with the wolf pack like in Secrets in Silver Lake. And instead, there's an axe murder on the loose. And the cranes are so very noisy. BetterHelp can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home or your lake dock, where you can dip your feet in the water as you text your therapist and say, why am I doing this? Lakes are gross and now my feet are infected. You can start communicating with the therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. States like Florida, where the humidity does things to your hair that would give anyone issues. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like anxiety, depression, sleeping issues, LGBTQ plus issues, marriage problems. BetterHelp is easy. It's confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today to start living a happier life. And as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp dot com slash dateline join over one million people taking charge of their mental health that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash dateline because we can all use a little better help certainly can thank you better help we appreciate thank you. you better help the detectives are very suspicious of carlos they feel like after his mom died he was unemotional with them he did have a very calm affect and is well-spoken Denise's best friend, Amy, remember who took him on? The neighbor, best friend slash neighbor. Best friend slash neighbor. She admits that while he was living with her, she was terrified of him. Oof. She said that they each got wasp spray in every room of the house to protect themselves from him in case he attacked them. Every room? In all of the bedrooms. So like if they were in the kitchen, it was like, shh. I don't know. He comes in. Hey, do you have any bacon? <laughs> Sorry, I, that was Pam. I was just spraying this pan with Pam to um, make you some bacon. Apologies. That's awful. She was terrified. She doesn't know if she's trying to help the son of her best friend whose mom was murdered and he needs support or if he's an actual killer. So she's trying to do the right thing, but she's also beyond terrified. But she knows if you're keeping wasp spray. But she kind of deep down, she has these suspicions and she deep down thinks. But at one point, she thought it might have been Angel that came back and did it. So she's just very suspicious of all of these boys. All of these children. But also, does wasp spray, is that effective against axe murderers? Because they should market it like that. They should market it to single females who go on walks at night and they would sell out like mace. Walking alone, specific 
Preventer. I, okay, I got to think of it, but trademark. Oh, for WASP, you're doing an acronym. Walking Alone Single Person. Mark Hating and Kimberly, trademark. We're going to yep. make a million dollars. That's it. Also- This is the last podcast. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we made it. I'm getting a boat. <laughs> we did it. We should get in a boat. And I'm never going to go in the lake. I'm just going to stay on the boat. So this also makes me think about Kayla's parents. And while I was first concerned that they wouldn't let this young orphaned boy stay at their house, actually, that was a very wise decision, folks. Good for you. And I think that they knew about his drug use. I think they were like, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think they were happy about them dating. Dennis says to the detective, What made your nose twitch about Carlos? (laughs) Dennis. I love Dennis. And what made his his nose all twitchy, like Samantha from Bewitched, was that (laughs) Carlos's story was changing a lot. Where he went, when he went, etc. And also, they asked him specifically about security cameras. And he said, well, we have that one outside that doesn't work. And that's it. And they said, there's none inside the house. And he said, no. So that was a lie. And there were clearly cords dangling. Did we mention the dangling cords? They're so obvious. Also, he's such a good liar. That question with the police is smooth like butter. He is. He's unflustered. Was he on debate team in school? Because I would buy whatever he's selling. And he's also handsome and he does have an amazing smile, gorgeous teeth. So detectives want to arrest him, but they don't have enough. But then they get his cell phone data back. And they bring him in for an interview and they say, oh, those are nice. And they point to some bracelets that he's wearing. And I couldn't get a good look because it's secure. It's like interrogation room. And he says, they're my mom's. So he's wearing his mom's bracelets. I don't think they're from Anna Luisa. I think they're a friendship bracelet or like a live strong Lance Armstrong bracelet. Were they clanky or were they like the braided tie bracelets? It was so hard to tell on that interrogation footage. They might be something that she does with her kids at school, like the ones, you know, that you braid. So Maybe. Also gross. He's wearing his mom's bracelets after maybe he kills her, allegedly. So he tells the story again, what happened that night. They tell him, your phone data does not back that up. You said you were napping. Your phone says that it was being actively used the whole time because apparently they can track Every time you touch your screen, when it's plugged in, when it's not plugged in, when it's in landscape mode, when it's in portrait mode, or as Joni calls it, up and sideways. Nothing wrong with that. It can tell every time you do anything, like touch an app, open an app, like play a game. It knows everything. So he says, I was napping. I don't know what to tell you. I was napping. And I found my mom and I called 911. That's it. And they're like, did you go down to the lake? He said, no. They said, well, your cell phone GPS shows literally your footsteps. We can see dots on a map in a path down to the lake. And it corresponds to the time that you were on the phone with 911, literally throwing the things in the lake while he's on the phone with 911. And he says, no, I didn't go to the lake. I don't remember going to the lake. He's not that intelligent because this is a really easy thing to be like, oh, no, I was running around like crazy. I thought someone was coming after me with an axe. I was like running. I didn't know what to do. I was scared to go back in the house. There's about 45 things you could have said here. Yeah. 
once you know that they're on to you, definitely. It would make him look like he was changing his story since he didn't mention that the night of, but that's better than saying outright, no, I didn't go to the lake. And then they say, well, this paper shows that you went to the lake. Has he never watched a crime show? Does he have no idea about like capabilities of phones or just- too busy doing drugs. I don't know. Yeah, apparently. So he obviously skipped the grade in school where they taught about CSI. So that was a bad grade to skip, Carlos. Civics. Civics and econ. They tell him, well, it shows that you went to the lake. He kind of just refuses. And then he kind of says, I don't remember going to the lake, which is good. Because then you can later say, oh, I was so out of it. I was in shock. I don't know where I went. They arrest him. He is the politest kid being arrested. No problems. He looks He's a good looking guy just walking down the hall. He does not look like a bag of wieners. When Carlos is arrested, Kayla, poor Kayla, is devastated. But she's not surprised because ever since the murder, her parents have been telling her he probably did this. And she knows now that that is true. Kayla, you will find better. Trust us. But that's awful to think your first love, your first boyfriend is capable of murder. And a really disgusting murder, horrifying one. This isn't he found someone's gun. This takes some scariness in your brain to do this. Absolutely. Denise's friends aren't shocked either. She had told her friends, take care of my dogs if something happens to me. To which Dennis says, what? Like, we don't hear that on every other dateline. It's on the bingo cards, Dennis but I love you so much. But why were you so surprised? I feel like he was saying that because they had been gone kind of a lot about how private she was and that she never talked about, like it was kind of hard to get information out of her. Yeah, maybe. But he just seems incredulous. Like he's never heard this before. He's very surprised. Yeah. What? Anyways, Carlos is charged with first degree premeditated murder, pleads not guilty. The state decides to charge him as an adult even though he's only 17, which means he can get life in prison as opposed to just a few years. So it's a big difference. When he arrives for the trial, our reporter, Buster, says, Carlos had changed. Yeah. He looks like a different person. He looks like a different person. The bag of wieners that was hiding underneath the extremely nice jock good kid veneer has risen to the surface like all of the pond scum at the top of that lake. And it is on the surface. It is on his skin in the form of face tattoos for the world to see. Maybe hold off on the face tattoos until after the murder trial. Just use henna until then, because you don't want to show the jury unless those little crosses on his cheek were to show the jury Look how religious I am. This is before the trial. He decided to completely change his look into a terrifying human. I think he's more than a bag of wieners. He looks really scary. Yeah. Bag of wieners generally aren't scary. Yeah. I would not want to tussle with this gentleman. A bag of wieners I might be able to take in a fist fight. Yeah, that's true. You just kick him in the nads. But him, I don't know. This guy would like squish my bones. (laughs) Yeah. He's that kind of scary. He also appears to have grown four inches. Does he not seem tall? Yeah, he's tall and he's gained a lot of like weight or muscle. He's a lot bigger. He has what looks to me like an S1 
kind of in bubble letters like you would do on your science fair poster board. It's a five. It's a five one. But I don't know what that means. Murder. I'll tell you at the end. Okay, great. It's a five one as a sideburn. And then the five and the one aren't even at all. He has, I think, what appears to be a bird over one eyebrow. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the crosses on the face. That's all we can see right now. He has two crosses on his left cheek. And then do we not get to see the other side of his face? Not yet. So the prosecutors say that Carlos wasn't getting what he wanted. He wanted to hang out with his friends and Denise was being too strict. He wanted to go to vocational school, but his mom was saying, you need to go to college or I'm not paying for anything. He's had that notary signed request that said she would pay for things unless he flunked out of college. So this was his request that he is backing down on. I'd just like to point out. Anyways, she was done with his partying and a friend of Carlos, Kylie, who is different from Kayla, she takes the stand. She says, I got a text from Denise saying, Carlos is trying to get his life together. He needs his friends to support him and not bring him weed and beer. Poor Denise thinks that the friends are the problem when he's selling drugs on their property. Because parents really don't want to see what they don't want to see. So, I mean, I think you underestimate denial of parents of a drug addict. She's already had a lot of issues, obviously, with the other son and things. So I think she's probably just clinging to this. And I think the issue is sometimes vocational school can be really expensive. And if you're not showing any kind of stick to why would she pay that up front for you to like, it's like, you know, paying all the money to go to cosmetology school. And if you don't follow through, you still owe the money. Yeah. It sounds like he wasn't at a place for any serious responsibility and needed at all a job or something, some real world experience. Maybe he'd go back to college. Maybe he should have joined the Navy. They'd whack that bag of meaners right out of him. I think they'd pay for your college too. There you go. Yeah. She said in the text to the friend, if he can't do this, if he can't clean up his act, he won't be staying here at home. And so Kylie told Carlos this, what the mom said, and he said, I'll take care of it. They show the digital evidence of Carlos walking down to the lake, which is so sad, again, that there was nothing on that camera or the phone that incriminated him, yet it was the cell phone data that showed that he went down to the lake and lied about it that is what sunk him, no pun intended, but maybe a little pun intended. But there was nothing on there. Like, it was all for nothing. It didn't even have to happen. Unless there was something on there that they couldn't recover since the items were so soaked. But they said they had a really good tech person on it. So Dennis says they saved their say goodnight evidence for last. That is such a Dennisism. He's said that several times now. Love it. He says coup de gras and he says say goodnight. So when they confronted him with the GPS evidence in the interrogation, we see what happened there. We're rewinding. And he basically confesses. He says, I found my mom and I panicked. I threw the cameras and her phone in the lake, but I don't remember what else. And they say, you must remember something else. And he says, well, I remember being outside the shed and grabbing the axe, but that's all I remember. No, you must remember more than that. Well, I remember sharpening the axe Uh. and then all of a sudden it's in the back of her head. And he says it so flippantly, like almost like it's a joke. Like, 
I remember sharpening the axe and then it was in the back of her head. Kind of. Very much nonchalant about it. Too nonchalant for anyone's liking. Yeah, that is basically their confession. Now, the defense says he did the crime, but it was manslaughter. They said he had lifelong abandonment issues and his mom wanting to kick him out again made him snap. And they put Stephanie, the woman he lived with, on the stand and she said, yes, I do think he could have killed her. Like when I heard he killed her, I thought he must have, but it's because she did something terrible. They put the blame solely on Denise. They said she was too controlling. She wanted him to be a puppet where she could control everything he did. They would physically fight with each other. And they said he had issues from losing Angel. He felt like the mom gave Angel away the first time and that he could be next. She tried to keep Angel. It was the courts that wouldn't let her keep Angel. But this is what the defense is saying. I'm sure he does have abandonment issues, being that he was adopted, then had one brother that was sent away, and he was separated from the mom when she was arrested and kicked out of the house. I don't doubt that. I'm not saying that any of that should lead to axe murdering. The whole time she was doing this description of like the things that the mom said to him and all of this stuff, which I'm sure you're going to talk about right now. And she's like, she just wanted to control him. And I'm like, like a mom. Yeah. So everything that you just described is a mom with an out of the control child. Yeah. Who's using drugs, selling drugs, like who's trying to get her, his, her child under control. Yeah, none of it seemed unreasonable or like that she was trying to control him like a puppet. She just wanted him to not be a criminal. Because that's what moms do until you're out of the house. Yeah, they moms just want you can... to not actively break the law. And right, which he and was. they want to set you up on the right path towards a good future. That is literally a parent's goal. Yeah, I think Stephanie and her husband, what's his name, Damien, are trying to be the cool, hip, young couple. And they're like, well, we would never raise our child like that. We don't have rules in our house. We treat them like adults and they can do what they want. And they don't know what it was like when he was living at Denise's house being a monster. Yeah, It's easy to armchair quarterback a 17-year-old who's living in your house, you being a young, fun couple and not the mom. And you're not paying close attention to if he's selling drugs or doing things like that. Right. So The jury finds him guilty of murder in the first degree and he gets life without parole. And the judge holds up the axe, which was very cringe and dramatic. Yeah, it's not great. Very troubling. He will be eligible for review by a judge in 2044 because he was a minor when he was convicted. So then Carlos sits down with Dennis. And when he walks in, Dennis says, Carlos, my name is Dennis from Dateline NBC. Did Carlos not know that he was meeting with Dateline? I don't know. I thought that was funny. Anyways, maybe he didn't know who he was meeting with. I thought Dennis was extremely polite and correct. Very polite. Did not shake his hand, though. Well, it's COVID. So we can now see when Carlos takes off his face mask, the full set of face tattoos. Here we go. And on his left cheek, it says Steph. So immediately, the only Steph and it's like like bleeding. It's as if you were peeling your face. What it is supposed to be if you had it done in a parlor and not in prison. (laughs) Is it supposed to be that your skin has peeled back? And so that's under the skin, but it doesn't look quite like that. 
No, it looks like it's on a mountain and the mountain is upside down and the peaks are facing downward. The first thing that I searched was fuzzy bleeding diamond because I thought <laughs> there it you was go. a diamond. So there you go. And then I saw it said Steph in it. And at first I thought it said steps, which I thought he was doing the AA steps. Oh, that I don't think so. I think it was Steph. Who is Steph? Is it Stephanie? The pseudo mom that was watching him? Now I think it is because of the other tattoos. I do think it might be, which is concerning. Yeah, that's super concerning. Or is it some other lady that was writing to him and now we're going to get to see them on Love After Lockup? I don't want to see him on Love After Lockup. Anna suggested it and I was delighted because I cover that show for Pink Shade now with Mary Payne and... No, you're right. I don't want to see an axe murder. They keep it to light, fun crimes on Love After Lockup so that you're kind of rooting for them. Light, fun crimes? Like embezzlement and things like that. I feel badly for Kayla again that her name is not on his face, but good for her. She really walked away the winner there. Kind of dodged a bullet. That's a bad turn of phrase, but she did. She dodged an axe. So the best tattoo, as Dennis would say, the coup de gras tattoo that sent me over the edge was across his neck with a large flower and in cursive. And it says loyalty. Why did that one send you over the edge? Because it should say irony. He showed no loyalty towards his mother. That's not for his mom. (laughs) It's probably for Steph, who he's clearly in love with and is going to murder Damien if he ever gets out. No, you're kidding, right? I have no idea. He's loyal to Satan. It's got to be. It's gangs. No, it's gang. That's full gang. He's loyal to his gangs. He's not loyal to his mom, who he says he loves and he misses. He says it many times. And then does it say their last name on the other side? Is that what you were trying to tell me? Yes. So where the rose is. So there's a rose and then it says loyalty all across the neck, which is probably the best tattoo It looks the cleanest, which is crazy because I would think that would be the hardest place to tattoo is across the neck with all the bones and stuff. But oh, well, because you're using like a ballpoint pen or whatever. It says Irving underneath the rose. Oh, which is their last name? Which Mm -hmm. I just realized. I had that realization when Kimberly and I were talking earlier, which is concerning. I feel weird about it. No, I felt weird about him staying there the whole time. And now it's way weirder. And the Steph is on his face also. Yeah. I don't know. So he tells Dennis that he's still scarred from what happened with Angel. He says that he lied before when he said that there was no abuse and that there was abuse, but he doesn't go into detail. He says, my mom and I used to be tight. And then he does this like, like he's doing. um, Hand jive. Hand jive. Hand jive slash what's this? Miss Mary Mac, 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 like that. Patty cake. Patty cake. And he's smiling. He's like, we were tight. He says, but then she got really strict. We started to fight. Like a mom? Yeah, she's a mom. She wanted me to contribute to the household. How dare she? He says that she would say horrible things. Now, again, we don't know if she said this. He says she said this. This is all we know. She would say, if I didn't adopt you, you would still be on the streets. And look how much money I've spent on you. And you're such a disappointment. I shouldn't have adopted you. Oh, and I think I skipped. But Stephanie, Steph, when she's taking the stand, says that when when Denise dropped him off, she said, I don't I can't deal with him anymore. I don't want him anymore. 
something like that. But also she was at the end of her rope. But a turning point for him, he said she said this stuff to him all the time. And she was saying it to them on the ride home from the funeral when they got pie, which is very strange. You're having a fun pie afternoon after a funeral. And then she's saying all this horrible stuff. I don't think that's a fun pie. This sounds to me like she's really trying to do tough love because she feels like she's enabling or she feels like he's walking all over her. So she's trying to like be like, you have to straighten up and fly right. There's techniques to do it. You are supposed to set boundaries, but that like, I don't want you anymore. And if it weren't for me, you could be on the streets. But I could also very easily see someone saying that out of frustration and anger if someone was selling drugs. Or like, I've given up so much for you. I brought you here so that you could have a better life and you're throwing it away. It's not the right thing to say. It's definitely something you'd have to apologize for. So he said he went outside to chop down a tree because he had chores to do. And he sharpened the axe. And he was going over and over what his mom had said. And he went inside to get water, but that never happened. Instead, he killed his mom with an axe while she was sleeping instead of just getting the water. He must have been very thirsty. He tells this to Dennis. I, he says, I swung the axe. And Dennis is like, you drove the axe into her head. <laughs> like, thank you, Dennis. Yes. I forget about Dennis's interview style. He does this rat-a-tat questioning. He's like, then you did this? Then what? Then this? And he pulls no punches. And he amps it up. If you're sugarcoating it, he won't let you sugarcoat it. He will. Absolutely not. Whatever the opposite of sugarcoating, acid soaking. Instead of, he's doing tough love in interview form. Yeah, yeah. And Carlos said, I was freaking out and I could hear her gasping. And I said, I'll get help. I'll call 911. And Dennis says, it's a bit late for that, which is funny. No punches. No punches. Holding no punches. Just letting them have it. Yep. Also, that reminded me of Clue. It's a bit late for that. (laughs) But also, Carlos is saying this with no emotion, no tears. And he says, I admit that nothing that she did warranted what I did. Because Dennis is like, how do you go from being angry with an axe to the head? And he's like, no, nothing that she did made sense what I did. And Dennis says, you're not crying. You're not showing us any emotion. He says, I don't express my feelings very well, but I I do cry in private. Okay. And I'm very sorry. And then Dennis hits him again. He says, are you crying for you? Are you crying for her? He just lets him have it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. He says, I'm very sorry. I miss her. I wish I could take it back, but I can't. And I should be in jail. He says, you take a life, you owe a life. So even if he's just saying the words, at least he's owning up to it, even if he doesn't mean it. I hate to say it, but there's so many times when we see when they don't even say the words that I was like, okay, at least he's saying the words. That's what I felt. Yeah, at least he's saying it. But here's my question, which Dennis doesn't ask him. Did you kill all those animals? Are you just a serial killer in training? Were they for demonic ceremonies? Where's that goat? (laughs) Seriously. But also, why? Like, why, when you think back now, why did you kill her? Yeah, I think he just says, I snapped. I would just didn't want to be abandoned anymore. It was basically because of what she said to him. That's what he says. It was that one thing in the car that that was, you were playing that back in your head. No, she had been saying that a lot to him. She had said that to him repeatedly. I read something that he tested 16 out of 20 on the psychopath scale. I read that a couple places. I'm not sure if that's real or not, but it seems like that because of his detachment from 
Like he does understand that it's wrong. And the animals. Yeah, and it could explain the animals. And he threw out the cameras and the phone. Like he was definitely trying to cover his tracks. But I did think that what the defense attorney said was very interesting that if this was not manslaughter, like a snapping or something like that, why wouldn't he have done that before? Why wouldn't he have gone around and thrown away the cameras before they maybe recorded something instead of after? It was an interesting point because I still feel like I don't really understand what happened here. I feel like there's holes. Yeah. And he says, I don't even remember the whole thing. If he talks about it very detached, I had the axe. And then I was in her room. And then the axe, I swung the axe, but I looked away. I didn't look. It's like almost like someone else was doing it. So B-roll bonanza. We have cranes and raccoons. We got raccoons. Never seen that. We got little raccoons and cranes. I hope you can learn how to do a crane sound because I feel like you would nail it. You nailed that peacock. I don't even know if I've seen a crane. I'm sure I have, but I don't remember seeing one like out in the world. I'm sorry. I don't know if I have. I feel like I have. I don't know. I really want to see one now. Don't you kind of? Part of me thinks I get confused with the loons from that movie on Golden Bond. The loons. It's Catherine Hepburn. I know. Golden Bond. Isn't it really boring? It's not. Well, no, I didn't find it boring. I mean, maybe it is to some people. So You're very cultured. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. That's a cultured movie. We see Denise with a dog. We see they loved their dogs. I hope those dogs were safe. Oh, of course they were. Amy took the dogs. Well, yeah, I just meant I'm glad none of the dogs ever disappeared because Things were happening on that land to all the animals. I think that that one friend took the dogs, though. Yeah. But we get to see Kayla. We see Kayla with a cat. We see Kayla with a cat and a dog. We see Kayla with a cat and a dog in different B-rolls. She's petting it through like a wire fence. It's very strange. Doing like an awkward, I don't know. And it seemed like there's like an edge to the fence where she could have just walked around to pet the dog, but instead she's petting it through the fence. I don't know what's happening there. But anyways, it was cute. I got excited about the cat though, because we rarely see cat B-roll. It is rare. But I was, but she was like picking it up like a bub. It was good. We see pie B-roll. We do see the pies, which looked just amazing. And we see water tower B-roll, which is becoming a staple. And... I'm here for it. I liked all the mud boat footage with the guys getting into the boat. And then they're holding up and smiling when they find the cameras. I was like, you took a picture of that? It was just an interesting. They were proud, like they caught a big bass fish or something. It was, but it was, how did you capture that moment? This must have been a big deal. Yeah, it was was a huge murder. It was an axe murder. Fashion police, should we just jump right into it? I know you really want to talk about it. Yes. The Henleys is what you're talking about, right? His I don't know what that means. It's the shirt with the three buttons. Yes. So it's a fancier t-shirt. So if you didn't want to be as casual as a t-shirt, but you didn't want to wear a collared shirt, your Henley is your marriage of that. I see. It's it's fairly casual. Some people on Twitter weren't happy, but that's okay. Maybe. I don't know how much I should say about this, but there is a photo that we do see of Carlos wearing a hat. I'm not going to say what this hat was. That's all I'm going to say about it. No, I I found his Twitter. Oh, boy. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. But I was trying to piece together the timeline. He doesn't have a ton of tweets. So if you guys want to find his Twitter, it's out there. I could look at it. But it is very interesting. 
because he doesn't tweet that often, but it's definitely, it starts in 2016 and then it ends in 2019. It's a timeline kind of, you can see. And he's talking a lot about his friends and I'd ride or die for my friends. He's loyal. He has hashtag loyalty across his neck. Yeah, let's get into the tattoos because that's the biggest face one. So he has something called the cross where Oliver and I were really trying to figure out the crosses because it all the binging I did. There's something called a patchouli cross, which is associated with the Chicano gang that I don't know if it's that because they seemed very specific being that thin because crosses in other places mean things, but not here. Don't know. But one of them is carved into his face, which makes me think he did that first. It's a scar. It's not a tattoo. You can see it in the light in his interview. There's two that are inked and one that's a scar. I was wondering if they had anything to do with like teardrop tattoos, like every time you kill a person. He has a teardrop right above Steph. There is a black teardrop. For his mom. I feel like this is just a one murder for him. I don't know why. Isn't that weird? I don't feel like he had a lot. I feel like he gave those animals to friends or something. What kind of friends was he hanging out with that would do that? To a cat. I don't know. They were taking a lot of drugs. They had every drug listed for him. Yeah, maybe they were on something. And if you're starting drinking at 11, yeah. you're into hard stuff by that time. Mm-hmm. One of his Twitter things is a picture of him with what appeared to be marijuana. <laughs> and it's like, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas or whatever. And it's him with the joint in his mouth. It's real bag of wienersy. And it was the Christmas before all this. It was like yeah. 2018. But that like also tells you what a handful he was, that he's posting that on Twitter as a minor uh, on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a feeling that the 51, it has a 50 on the other side, but we never see him turn his head. So he has 51 on this side and 50 on this side, which is a double meaning which is basically like in prison, it's either for criminally insane or it's for... Oh, a 50-51. A 51 51-50, I mean. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, so it's a 51 over here and a 50 over here, but we don't ever get to see that side of his face where the 50 is, but I have a feeling that's what's happening. You're smart. And also, it is another Latino gang. Oh, so it could mean either one. It's 51-50. So it, it could mean either one, but I know the loyalties gang. But I'm assuming he had to do all that when he went to prison. The sad thing is for him to get all those before he even gets to trial, he gave up. He's like, this is my life now. He knew he was going to be guilty. He knew all of this stuff. And I don't know if he did it to survive. What's going on with him? But it's such a transformation that it almost made me feel bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's troubles here. Yeah. He's going to be covered. He's going to be one of those people you see pictures of that has like, you know, the stuff on his forehead and stuff. Scary face tattoos. No. What are Steph and Damien to him? And can somebody let me know? I don't want to know. I'm nervous now. She smiled at him when they left court. Did you see it? I watched it. She's like coming down from the stand and she goes, Why does he have their last name tattooed on his neck? I don't know. I'm very concerned. Child Protective Services should have come in a long time ago. And I'm worried about his girlfriend. I'm worried he was a bad influence. No, Kayla looks like she has her act together. All of her B-roll was very respectful, walking, pondering, petting animals. Yeah, I think she's going to be okay. I'm going to take your word for it. That makes me feel better. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. One note. 
Carlos is barefoot in his first police interview. Did you notice that? That's a fashion police I had. Oh, yeah. They didn't let him get shoes. Why? Because it's a crime scene. Or they were testing his shoes. Or I don't think he was wearing shoes because he got up from a nap, apparently. But if his door, but, or he was out in the shed chopping and then he would have been wearing shoes. But he didn't get up for a nap. He told us he wasn't napping. He was chopping wood outside. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Titles. I only have one, but I'm pretty proud of it. Oh, is it good? Okay, then let me give you my bad ones first. Well, it's not that good. I've built it up too much. Here we go. One of the lawyers calls him fatally selfish. And so Mm. I had that for a title. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. that was good. Secrets in the Lake. Mm -hmm. It could be an actual title. Mm -hmm. And then Backdoor Dark Shadow, Back Shed, Pure Evil. I like it. I don't know where this dark shadow, backdoor shadow thing keeps coming from. I know. I feel like I'm also going to make you scared of it. So I apologize. There's nothing at your back door. No. Nothing. Nothing bad. We feel quite safe here. Okay, good. My only title is a bit of a 90s throwback. So I adopted an axe murderer. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Of course. That's perfect. Mike Myers? I didn't even write down axe. That's bad. What's wrong with me? I wrote down intelligent camera charging cords like somehow I was going to get a title from those things (laughs) great job I do that too I wrote down pie and I was like where can I go with pie American pie we could have got somewhere with pie I feel like no your title is spot on thank you that was so good I'm not going to read the comments from our listeners about Dennis's shirt since Katie disagrees no you can read them I'm happy to defend or to listen quietly Well, Cynthia said, I need Katie to run a deep dive into Dennis's fashion choices in this episode, plus possibly run an in-person intervention, exhibits A and B, with the caveat that Dennis is exceedingly handsome in every other scene but these two. And she shows two of these very casual shirts that he's wearing. And Cindy said, Cynthia, he's an old man. Leave him alone. And... Cynthia said, he's a handsome man with beautiful blue eyes, exhibit C, and there is no reason for him to wear pajama tops at work. I mean, I do when I'm walking my dog, but also I'm not a handsome man with beautiful blue eyes. And Cindy said, his beautiful blue eyes transcend his pajama tops. And Liz said, I dare say our Dennis can wear whatever he wants. And Cynthia says, I dare say I love Dennis at least as much as you all do, but you'd be having a stroke if Mank or Andrea or Keith showed up like this. All I'm saying is maybe Dennis is going through something and maybe fashion maven Katie can help. I can help explain it. Does that help? (laughs) No. Here's my explanation for what I think has happened here. One of two things. Number one, someone in his family, wife, someone, he wanted to have a more casual look like Keith has his converse. Dennis did mm. not want to be walking down these swampy roads in a button-down in a suit. Shirt. Yeah. Or a suit jacket. So he wanted something that wasn't as casual as a t-shirt. And this is the next step without wearing a polo. And maybe he's not a fan of polos. And Mank wears polos. So he think he wanted his own thing. And none of them are doing Henleys. So what you said is like, you'd never see them wearing it. Might be why Dennis is wearing it. He's trying to have his own thing. Or someone at a shop told him that he looked nice in it. There we go. He was wearing one. He got one as a gift. And they look to be nice ones. They're not. I know what you're talking about. The pajamas with, you know, the waffle knit long underwear type pajamas. Mm -hmm. These are like very nice ones. These are like, you know, J. Crew or whatever. But I think that he's just trying it out. He's by the mud boat. 
He doesn't want to be wearing a button down. I think it's okay, but I would just say that generally, if you're putting on a Henley, uh, just wear a white shirt, a high, like a crew neck underneath that we can see. So then you're oh. wearing like a double thing. So it almost looks like interesting. A oh, interesting. You can see that. My very favorite tweet was from Anna who said, I'm speechless. My mom just said, they let you get tattoos in prison? She actually thought they'd bring in a tattoo artist. Because <laughs> that one on the neck is fancy. Also, I know the loyalty. I'm sure the crosses are for something. I don't know what the bird is for. I couldn't see what the one on the eyebrow was. And he Maybe has the bird that. is for his mom because she flew away. Maybe the bird was for Angel. Maybe the bird is for the storks. The cranes. The cranes drove him to distraction. They're cawing. Oh, they could drive. That noise could drive you mad. You know exactly what it sounds like? I Googled it to make sure I was right. And I was right. Can you do it really quick? No. This can be your can. peacock. I am I give you the floor. What? Okay. I, I want to know. Now I need to know. I'm excited. I don't know if this is going to be worth it. I don't know what video. These aren't that annoying, but imagine it never ending from two and a half miles away. Have you heard cicadas before? Yeah, it's kind of like that. I feel like that would drive you because it never stops. Yeah. It sounds like a warning, which makes me anxious. (laughs) Yeah. Like something is coming that's not supposed to be coming. (laughs) Something with long legs. Yeah. Coming like an alien because it's trill. It's like it's got that vibrato in it. Tell us about what else you're recording right now that you're on. You're on another podcast. I'm on Pink Shade with Mary Payne talking about Love After Lockup. And Katie is on Pink Shade with Mary Payne talking about 90 Day Fiance. And we are also covering 90 Day Fiance the other way for our Patreon. Check it out, guys. Check it out. We have lots of stuff. And check out our Patreon for at our $10 level. We do live stream every month and we have some fun stuff coming. And then also at our $5 level, you get a whole other episode. And if you missed our part one of the Chippendales, catch part two coming soon. Oh, boy. No, it's evil. Okay, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You're like very formal. Hello, Miss Joanne. <laughs> Instead of Joni, you're like, I regret to inform you that I did not get to your text sooner, but the mascara that I would recommend for you is I've attached the website fondest regards. <laughs> I did you see the one British woman that typed into Google and it went viral and she wrote could you please tell me how to find some, it was like knitting patterns, some knitting patterns. Thank you very much. Into the <gasps> Google search. Do you know that Joni every single day says, hi, and I can't say her name. It's the Amazon um, talking thing because it'll set off everyone's. And then she goes, thank you so much. And I, we always say, why do you always thank her like that? And she goes, she's my friend. You let your mom have that. I would, I've been considering getting one, so I have a friend. She goes, she, she goes, could you please tell me what the weather is today? Thank you so much. Every day. I think that's, com- I'm getting one. That's confirmed it. That's my new friend. <laughs> I'm writing it down. It's very funny. So, oh, and then that they were all sending that lady knitting patterns. 
no, no, it was just very sweet because that's what she had typed and her grandson had taken a picture of it. And then Google sent her a thing and said, we get millions or billions of searches a day. Yours made us smile. Oh, that's so cute. That is such a sweet thing, but it was so polite. Because 99% of Google searches are, where can I see Kira Knightley's boobs? I was going to say, yeah, hot redhead. Okay, good. Yeah. Did it make you rethink an event that happened? No. When I fell in the Mississippi River? No, it doesn't make me rethink that. That was... When you didn't burn those clothes? That was water that was right... And now you have inexplicable stomach issues, perhaps correlated to bacteria contracted. You know why a river is cleaner? Because the movement, things aren't just settling and sitting there at the murky top. Wasn't like that. Plus the smell. It didn't smell. I am setting the internet loose on you. Everyone tell Kimberly why the Mississippi River is filthy and why she should burn her clothes and possibly get checked. Maybe there are some bodies, but there was no pond scum. And there just might be some, maybe mites, maybe some corpses. But the smell that this lake looked like when it, they went underwater, I could smell it through the TV. And I don't believe that I smelled that badly after I fell in the river. Because we did go on a ghost tour after that. Did I smell that badly? Did we make any friends? No, but would we have anyways? Yeah, you should. I don't, I don't buy it. You should have burned those clothes in a fiery furnace. (laughs) I washed them in hot, scalding water. And then you should have gone to the doctor and been like, I need to be checked for rare, obscure bacteria infections in my bloodstream and possible river mites. (laughs) Is that a thing? Are you making that up? I don't know. My sister had bird mites that I didn't know was No, I had bird mites in my apartment. Of course you did. (laughs) Yeah. From a foster dog I had. It's the whole thing. They're worse than fleas. They take like months to go away. Yes, they are. They're they're evil. They're pure evil. So I'm assuming that, I mean, pure evil lives in bodies of water. Like it definitely could be. <laughs> Why did you just jump like that and turn around so fast? Ghost or cat? No, I thought it was a cat. <laughs> but it was a ghost Sorry, cat. something like went boom like that over here. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to get that psychic. You know my mom's room is filled with dolls, right? She's been buying them to spite me. There's a basket of them now. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how we got on this. 